I'm Josh Kingsley, your host for the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast, where we give you stress-free wedding advice from the experts. At the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast, we believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit completewedo.com for more info. The wedding day is fast approaching. Everything is falling into place. The dress is what dreams are made of and the rings are shining bright. The planning couldn't be going better. It's time to think about the grandest of traditions, one that's time honored, one that's essential, and one that will produce stories for the rest of your married lives. I am, of course, talking about the bachelor party. And I'm joined by Adam McNeil. He is the host of over two dozen bachelor parties and also countless other men's weekends and organized events. If your guy is going somewhere for the weekends, chances are it's with Adam or with someone like him. Adam, welcome to the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. Thank you, Josh. It is great to be here. And I'm glad you are taking on this important topic as as essential function of the wedding experience. Outstanding. So let's get into the questions right away. Bachelor parties, why do we still do these? Why do we still do these? Well, I think it depends on who you ask, but since you asked me, you know, when you look at the wedding experience, most of it is really focused on one person and it is sure not the groom. And so when you look at the the entire plan from, from the engagement through the wedding, the engagement party, the bridal shower, the dress fitting, you know, even the rehearsal dinner and the wedding themselves, you know, most of that is really focused on the bride and her bridesmaids and her mother and various other, um, you know, female part, uh, parts of the equation. And so I think that the bachelor party is the one last standing element that is really there for the the male portion of the wedding and so it is tradition it is the uh it is the stuff of, of many a um a movie and uh you know and it, it is the stuff of stigma but i think it is still a necessary thing that can be done well and be done in a respectable manner in terms of the entire um course of the, the wedding and engagement but i think it's an important thing that that really that really makes the male portion the groom's portion of the uh, the wedding uh, memorable and uh, special to that part of the group. Okay, so you mentioned something about being respectable. There's few things during the wedding process that have the power to invoke a reaction as strong as a bachelor party. So talk about that stigma and how you head it off at the very beginning and address early before it gets out of control. Yeah, so like I talked about, the uh, you know, the, you, you've seen, you know, there are there are a dozen movies about bachelor parties gone wrong, and there I think there's a standing assumption that it is a it is a time for the the boys to go out and do stupid and irresponsible and you know potentially criminal things, and so you know, like with everything, and I'm sure we'll talk about the, the planning and the preparation, but I, I think you need to set expectations both for the participants and for the folks that the participants will be leaving behind. So the, the wives, girlfriends, and certainly the, the bride-to-be, where you know, a, a certain level of transparency where you talk about what you're going to do and, and, and you know, what, what the general plan is. Not to say that you need to be 100% transparent as to anticipate doing when, you, uh, when the bachelor party happens, but I think, there's not, I think that communication, like with most things, is key. And, as, as you know, as you've 
you attend many of these or you plan many of these, I think some of that stigma wears away where you don't have a, um, you don't have a track record for, for doing bad things or uh, embarrassing yourself and your family. So it's a, um, you know, again, it's, it's just, it's just talking to the, um, you know, a lot of times if there's a bride that's concerned about it, uh, I, I think it's incumbent on the uh, the groom and and whether it's the best man or whoever is planning the, the bachelor party, just just to give her an understanding of of what is intended or what, what you're planning to do, and and why that's probably not as bad as um, as she might be imagining. So the Hangover is a movie. If you're going to Vegas, just tell your wife to be that you're going to Vegas. It's probably not going to be that big of a deal and make it clear that you're probably going to hit up in and out burger and some $5 blackjack and not anything else crazy. Got it. Okay. Yep. So think about planning one of the almost 30 bachelor parties that you've led. What have you determined to be the key elements to planning and preparing for a good one? Yeah. So like everything, preparation is key. The first thing I would say is you know, this is based around the groom. This is for his consumption. This is for his enjoyment. Um, and so the personality of the groom, I think, is essential to understand. Is this somebody who wants to do something outdoors? Is this someone who wants to go to clubs? Is this somebody who wants to, you know, just have a nice dinner and keep it low key? And, and understand, okay, you know, is there something you've always wanted to do? Have you always wanted to go skydiving? Have you wanted, always wanted to go whitewater rafting? And, and and craft the event around that person. I think that that's key because if you do something that you know, the groom is going to not enjoy and, and not remember fondly, then, then obviously you're failing from, from the first step. You know, the, ne the next thing I say is, you know, who are the guests? Who, who is coming? Is it a group of, is it a homogenous group? Is, is, it, is it the groom's, the groom and all of his, whether it's high school or college friends, or are you bringing in folks from different part, parts of the groom's life? I've been to a number of bachelor parties where it's been one homogenous group and what we call mandatory high school friend. And, and that's really about it. And a lot of times you'll also have the, the you know, the, the siblings of either the bride or the groom. And then a lot of times you'll also have the father of the bride. And I've even been the ones where the father of the groom will attend a portion of the bachelor party. So it's knowing, knowing who's coming and beginning to plan as you begin the planning process to look into, all right, how, who, how many, and how are we going to craft this from the very start? Yeah, so the uh, guest list is actually the next thing that I was going to get into. Is there any other tips that you would give as you're building the guest list and ways to manage the guest list, whether it be come to part of it, come to all of it, any of those things? What kind of tips can you give there? Yeah, I, I think the, uh, you know, a lot of times the, the dads, whether it's often the groom's dad, sometimes the bride's dad will, will show up for if there's a dinner. If there if there is some sort of kickoff event and we'll have a beer or or we'll we'll stay for an entire dinner and then as the event moves on they they will depart. Uh, a couple other ones there are you know does the groom have a close female friend? And a lot of times this will will you know that person will often follow that same track where you know she'll she'll come for the dinner she'll she'll come raise a glass with everybody and then will depart at that point. And you know the rest of the crowd is generally. A, a, a come for all of it if you can and you know it will be the group of guys that will um, be expected to be there for the majority of, of the event 
So you actually went a direction that I wasn't necessarily expecting. And you mentioned the groom female friend actually showing up to the event. So it's okay to have a female to a part of a bachelor party. Is that what I'm hearing? I you know, I would say, I would say the kickoff to the bachelor party, the opening ceremony, if you will. And again, this is one you're not expecting somebody to travel long distance to attend a portion of, but if this is a hometown bachelor party, I think that's okay. I think you can have, I, can, I think it'd be inclusive. I, I've been to ones where the bride has shown up for the beginning and then has sent everybody off in a certain direction. Now, if this is destination bachelor party. No, this is a, you know, this would be a situation where, um, the group of boys are expect are the ones who are invited and the only ones expected to attend. Okay. So we've talked about the overall guest list and uh, everything like that. So what's, what's the role of the organizer to make this all move forward and, and pick where we're deciding to go at this point? What's yeah. the process of, of that? Happening? So, so again, you go back to the bachelor and you talk about our, where, where do we want to go? And, you know, one thing that's going to come back, a few times as we talk about this is the financial portion of it because most people get married in their you know obviously the 20s early 30s etc a lot of point in life when you're often not flush with cash and you know what one piece of advice i i would have given my my younger self would have been to set aside a a, a fund you know take 10 bucks a month and set it aside for what would become weddings, bachelor parties, wedding gifts, et cetera, because you know, it does get expensive and it gets expensive fast. But one thing you need to consider is, okay, you know, where are we gonna go? First step is what does the groom wanna do? And it can be anything from, you know, do we go to, you know, do we go out to the woods? Do we go camping, that type of thing? Do we go to, you know, very popular is going to a baseball game in, in some city or, or some other sporting event, or do we do, you know, what I would call the the traditional um, kind of stereotypical bachelor party, which would be the Las Vegas, the Atlantic City, the Montreal, and each one of them has their uh, their upsides and their downsides. But you know, first is you got to check the box and go, okay, you know, where are we going to go? And at that point, the organizer start putting a plan in place that says, you know these are the dates and this is the outline of the agenda and at which point they need to reach out to the list of folks that the groom gives them to say um you know what is the interest level just so you can start organizing um you know organizing for that attendance and then and then crafting the um agenda accordingly good stuff so if you're if you're looking at the destination where you're not doing it in the hometown make sure to keep cost in mind i think that most uh, people attending the bachelor party will certainly understand and uh, appreciate that so the party night or the weekend's over how do you know as the organizer that it's truly mission accomplished uh, a, a couple of checkpoints one there's got to you know i always will look at this saying there has to be one seminal event i.e. whether it's whether it's a big steak dinner or whether like i said it's skydiving or the ball game or or a concert or what have you where you're going to look back and it was memorable it was awesome it was it was something that, that this guy's going to remember there's got to be the you know you got to look back and go you know hey the the groom couldn't have been sitting there with his you know his arms folded not enjoying himself while everybody else had a good time it had to be one of those where it was, you know, you really feel like the groom was was over the moon by by the end of it. 
And then um, obviously the tactical elements where no one ended up in jail and no one ended up in the hospital, or I should say stayed in the hospital. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I, I also can't help but notice uh, looking at the, the clock here, we've gone over 10 minutes and I haven't heard any stories about spending a three day weekend doing nothing but sitting in a strip club. So there's that right oh. there. It's, it sounds like these end up really being uh, a lot, not that. Um, talk, talk a little more about that. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Now, again, we talked about we talked about Vegas and Atlantic City and Montreal. And a couple things about those. One, those ones are easy to plan because those cities are built around this type of behavior. And those are the places where, um, you know, the strip clubs are, are, are a key element. And a lot of times you'll go there and you, you feel like you, even if you're not a strip club guy, and it's amazing when you go out into the world, you know, despite the stereotypes, even at bachelor parties, plenty of guys are not strip club guys. And so it is, um, but you know, the, the, those cities are tailor-made um, for this type of event. And the flip side of that, or the downside of that is they're very good at separating you from your money, whether that is at a club or at a casino or at any of the multiple, multiple events that cost money for you to go and participate in. So, you know, those, those are definitely a, you know, there's, you know, if you want an easy to execute bachelor party, look at one of those cities and you can pretty much do it on the fly. But yeah, the strip club element is obviously one of the, the most stigmatized portions of the bachelor party. And I think, you know, most of the ones that I attend do not have that element. Some do. And again, it goes back to does the bachelor want to do that? Um, sometimes it is with the tacit um, uh, approval of the bachelor and with the understanding that his friends are going to try to embarrass him a little bit, but it's all in good fun. But for the most part, you're not going to, you know, my experience has not been the, the hardcore, all we're going to do is get lap dances for the entire weekend. I think that is overblown. And I think that's unusual. I'm sure it happens, but it's generally not been my experience. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, mine either for the record. Uh, so the, uh, the next thing I was going to ask you, you mentioned Montreal, Vegas, uh, places like that being really good at separating you from money and doing things of that nature. So obviously those are easier to plan. So let's talk about a harder to plan bachelor party. Tell me about a time that you put together something that had a very low exposure per person that went off as a phenomenal weekend. So, so the one I go back to was I, I had a, a group of friends from college where we would have the three of them had bachelor parties and we would go out of our way to make these the manliest events that you you could ever contemplate. And after the three of them, I'm not married, but after the three of them were married, we came back and actually had bachelor-less bachelor parties just to continue the trend here. But um, we had one at a property that uh, family members of mine owned, and it was basically a competition where we had um, for lack of a better term, American gladiator style events. And we would um, set up, whether it was an ax toss or a fast saw or pugil sticks um, or, or various other events where, you know, uh, paintball and, and other things where, where we would have, everything would have a competition and a point value associated with it. 
and at the end, um, we had a winner. Fortunately, the winner turned out in the first one to be the bachelor himself, which was kind of by design. But um, this was one where at the end of that weekend, you were completely black and blue, completely exhausted and completely satisfied with, with how well it went. And it was a low cost option because we were staying at, you know, we were staying at the house for free. Uh, most of the events were, were made up from things you could get at a hardware store or a sporting goods store. And it, it was just an enjoyable time, campfires and, um, and you're kind of watching movies outside and that sort of thing at the end. But again, low cost, high impact, but took a lot of planning by me primarily and, and a couple others um, to execute. But, but generally at the end, it was, uh, it was a great experience. So we talked earlier about having the the one female friend and possibly the bride that shows up early to uh, kind of do a cameo. What are your thoughts overall on the combined bachelor bachelorette parties? I think that's a horrible, horrible idea. Um, I, uh, I I think it sounds great in concept, um, but if if they're not separated, it, it really kind of diminishes both of them. And you know. I think everyone involved is is appealing to two audiences at the same time, and it you know if I heard of the concept of having one big dinner and then the two separating and not seeing each other each other until brunch that Sunday, but yeah, I, I just I, I I don't think it's a I don't think it's a winning concept. Okay, sounds good. You gave a handful of great descriptions of a weekend that goes right. Your gladiator story was great. All the, the different places that you mentioned, but based on the number of events that you're talking about, I find it to be mathematically impossible for all of them to go off without a hitch. So what's your best story of something that goes off the rails without sending a bunch of people to jail? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that, um, uh, you know, two key elements are not going to jail and not going to the hospital. So I uh, never had the first, but we certainly have had the second. And so I had one event with a particular bachelor and this was one of the um, events I mentioned in, uh, this one was Atlantic City and it was on a rainy night. And um, to say the bachelor had been overserved would would be um, would be a bit of an understatement, which again, happens. And um, you know, one of the things you do when you're at these events is you assume that by the, the, the sheer force of numbers that you have that everything's gonna go okay. You don't account for a bachelor trying to scale the walls at the, uh, the Trump Taj Mahal and then, um, and then fall backwards down the stairs and hit his head um, needing to go to the hospital. And that was our um, that was our experience there where we had, um, we had our bachelor um, have a slip and fall um, for doing things he shouldn't have been doing. And we had to scoop him up and put him in one of the rickshaws that uh, people push up and down the boardwalk and bring him to the Atlantic City emergency room at three o'clock in the morning where he had a contusion on the back of his head, which was still there two weeks later at the wedding. But apart from that, he, uh, he was fine. And um, one experience from that is, you know, it was, if you knew this guy who's a great person, but um, is, is prone to these types of uh, things, um, his bride-to-be uh, basically said to us, uh, don't end up in the hospital. And as we were sitting in the waiting room in Atlantic City at three o'clock in the morning, some people said, we, we need to call her. And um, 
we immediately decided that uh, that was a really, really bad idea. And so we didn't. And uh, he basically got home and had to explain the lump on the back of his head. Um, um, you know, and, and she was thankful that, that we had enough time between then and the wedding for it to uh, for it to uh, go down a little bit. So, yeah, I, I, I have had that occasion where um, even after where, where the uh, the fun goes away really quickly, where you have to uh, you have to be concerned about uh, the health and well-being, in this case, of the bachelor himself. Okay, so you don't want to get into that point. And uh, it sounds like that was a good problem for him to solve on the back end. And that, that brings me to, to one last final question. You mentioned the time frame between when that situation happened in the wedding. What is your recommendation for how far before the wedding the bachelor party should be? And maybe this is a question of what's the time frame that this shouldn't happen in? <laughs> yeah, I think the week of is a very bad idea. Um, unless it is a destination wedding and there was not an opportunity earlier or it's understood that it's going to be very, very low key. So if you've got the wedding on a Saturday and the rehearsal dinner on a Friday, the, the Thursday bachelor party, I think, is, is, is not a great idea. Um, you know, unless, again, it's really low key. I, I like the idea of two weeks in advance at, at the least, but why not two months in advance? You know, these things don't go stale. And, um, you know, it's a good opportunity to, um, uh, you know, have two occasions to get the folks together. And it's a really good idea to have it somewhere else, if possible, i.e. let's fly to San Diego or, or somewhere else, have the bachelor party, have the memories, and then come back months later and talk about it at the wedding. But yeah, the, um, I have done a, um, a night before Actually, and I've actually, I've even done a morning of, which was an interesting situation, but um, I wouldn't recommend either of those. Good stuff. So key takeaways, the hangover is a good example of what not to do by not saying where you're going. Uh, the hangover too is a good example of what happens when things can go wrong. If you do it too close to the wedding, very bad things isn't real. And that's it. Bachelor parties, it sounds like, are generally just a good weekend to get away for the guys. So yeah. that's that's really all this is. Let's not make more out of it. So big thanks to Adam for the great discussion about the bachelor party. I'm throwing a good one. <laughs> yes. Can I add one other thing? What, yeah, one other go thing for it. I think is really important. And that is if you were the organizer or um, if you were participating in the planning, I think it is an excellent idea to have one person who in advance handles the money. Um, and by that, I mean, I often will take a collection of $250 from each participant before they arrive. And then I will often pick up the check, whether it's at a restaurant or a club or at the event, whether it's go-kart racing or, or what have you, uh, just, and then afterwards, send everybody a settle-up bill to, to cover the cost. Because one thing that really throws a wrench in the works here is if you are, uh, you know, splitting a check 14 ways at for dinner or, or at a bar or something like that, it's really, you know, I, I will I will be very candid in advance and say, listen, guys, um, you know, we're going to we're, we're going to do communism on a small scale here. I'm going to pay for everything and we're going to split the check by the number of people who are there minus the bachelor, of course. And um 
and it really does make those those weekends a lot smoother more smoothly um the deposit especially if it's a bunch of people who don't or say disparate group it's not a homogenous group um getting the money up front so you're not chasing people you don't know well for money afterwards which can be awkward especially when you get to the wedding um is is a real key factor as well so i i, I think it's essential that the organizer uh, take a little authority and make sure that 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 a lot of that stuff is handled up front. So just 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 something I learned uh, the hard way a couple times and, and really has been a benefit since then. All right, so that's some great information. So the biggest thing be organized and the pro tips are be really focused on the finances to keep everything cost controlled. And those are some great ways that Adam just mentioned to make the night move along smoothly. So again, big thank you for being part of this great discussion about the bachelor party. My pleasure, Josh. Thank you for having me. You bet. I think the main thing we learned today is that when done well, a bachelor party is a great set of memories for the groom and his friends. And when things go a little bit wrong, it's a great set of memories for the groom and his friends. So until next time, take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got some helpful thoughts as you plan the big day. So until next time, I'm Josh and this is the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast where we believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. Happy wedding planning! We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit completewedo.com for more info.